Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by the DNA of CRE. Yes, check it out, especially if you're in brokerage. Check it out. Just Google DNA of CRE. Well, today we're going to talk about single tenant net lease investment properties. You know, and that's a wonderful sector for investors all over the country because there's not a, a tremendous amount of moving parts. You have very high credit tenants, real low default rates. Um, and it's interesting to see what's happening with interest rates and, and uh, cap rates and things impacting the single tenant net lease investment market. Please welcome my guest. We have Nancy Miller here. She's president with the Net Lease Investment Group at Bull Realty. Nancy, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Michael, for having me. We also have Tim Kinney with us. He's senior director with Marcus and Millichap in their uh, loan division, Capital Markets. Tim, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Good to be back. Well, first of all, I want to get to the elephant in the room to me, and that is an account of cap rates and, and kind of what you guys are seeing. And then really, how are they trending? Are they flat? Are they compressing? You know, what do you see, uh, Nancy, you know, from your brokerage chair? Michael, cap rates are compressing a little bit from 2018 to 19, uh, primarily because interest rates have, and Tim will uh, attest to this, have stayed fairly low. Uh, we're seeing across the sectors maybe an average of all the blended types of tenants, maybe a 6.5%, but then when you dig into different tenants, you see rates far lower or a little higher. Interesting. How about from uh, the lender's view? For yeah, we're seeing uh, <clears throat> it's a driver because interest rates are now at historic lows. So we've seen uh, the, the cap rates compress, and you just have that delta between your cap rate and your interest rate driving your cash on cash. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're seeing them, um, and there's so much interest in single tenant net lease because of that. Uh, the other investments that you have to make, you know, what's the, the alternative investment theory, where if you you, you want to buy a the 10-year Treasury bond is yielding 1.6% currently, mm -hmm. and you're getting a cap rate of, uh, say, 65 uh, We're seeing a lot of investors moving and then leveraging using the low interest rates. And you mentioned that uh, delta between the cap rate and the interest rate. What do you see in there uh, normally today? Well, and that's a good question. I mean, it just depends because it uh, depends on the asset. Mm -hmm. If it's an uh, investment-grade asset, <clears throat> that's one thing versus a quick serve, restaurant French franchisee it's it's kind of a wide matrix Michael there's really not a, not a number on that give me a, a sample for a dollar store interest rate today because I guess cap rates on dollar stores are what Nancy around seven for uh, triple nets uh, your do dollar generals are going to be in the low sixes for a new 15-year lease and mm -hmm. the uh, family dollar family is now uh, double net leases and mm -hmm. they're going to be in the low mid sevens there's a and an interest answer. rate on a property like that? Maybe. I would put. I would say uh, put a four percent handle on something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like our benchmark is the ten-year Treasury. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we add a spread to that of say call it two hundred fifty basis points or two and a half percent. So you're in the low fours. Mm -hmm. Ten-year fixed, twenty-five-year amortization schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a that's a big driver. Yeah, I mean that's a nice spread, basically three three percent uh, mm -hmm. between your interest rate and your cap rate, uh, mm -hmm. roughly. That uh, really adds to your return, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what do you guys think about cap rates moving forward? What's going on in the world? What's going on with interest mm -hmm. rates? Would you what would you expect in your crystal ball? 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you want me to go for it? Sure. Okay. Um, I, I think that we'll still see uh, continued but slower compression. Um, I think the outcome of the upcoming elections this mm -hmm. fall will determine the future beyond a year from now, um, depending on um, which parties in the White House. Mm -hmm. I think we could see a slight increase in rates it, uh, if the Democratic uh, demos are in and the Republicans, it'll probably stay consistent or mm -hmm. a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. um, those are my thoughts. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, I've been in capital markets for many years, and anybody who knows tells you they know what, what interest rates are going to do uh, is. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I would say we're in a new normal of low interest rate environment. You look at globally, again, with, with the benchmark being the 10-year Treasury, then you yielding one point, say, 6% today. Then you look at the German Bund, which is a negative interest rate. So you have worldwide in the capital markets, the huge bond market driving interest rates, and the European Central Bank and our Fed. <clears throat> so you've got, if you can invest and receive negative 4% or 0.4% versus a yield in the US bond market at 1.6%, where is your money? It's gonna flow, money gets flows where it's treated best. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing enormous demand for our uh, treasury bonds, and that's keeping the yields down. Mm -hmm. Then you put on top of that the Fed. Um, the Fed is probably not going, after dropping uh, rates and keeping them down, uh, Powell and the crew are looking to stay flat this year, mm -hmm. and uh, they're not looking to raise, and the big bogey is inflation. Mm -hmm. If we see where inflation is under 2%, they want to get it up to 2%, uh, we're not seeing it, so you're, we're looking at flat. Mm -hmm. And again, in my career, I'm just we're uh, uh, maybe 20 basis points off the all-time low of the 10-year Treasury. Mm -hmm. I would think that was 1.36. Mm -hmm. uh, so now we've, we've moved up a little bit here recently, but uh, uh, this year we're down in rates significantly and over. Gosh, the last year when if we're sitting here, the 10-year Treasury was at 3%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Where rates are going to go, I think we're going to just stay relatively flat here, uh, and those are big economic world drivers that, we're, that you got to watch. And so then you would expect cap rates uh, to remain fairly flat as well then? Yeah, I mean, um, we've seen them kind of level off here, but I'm seeing these cap rates, you know, 5.5%. 4%? Well, I, I was, if I can interject, the I think that uh, state by state, uh, states that have no state income tax, for example, Florida, Texas, and several others, they historically have always, no matter what the interest rates are, a lower cap rate than states that do have state income tax. Um, we also see that states in the Sun Belt, if you will, uh, we're, we're seeing the greatest preponderance of people who are buying from all over the country are buying south. Um, and they're buying south, if you think about it, uh, it's seniors are moving south. Um, the economy in the south is really robust. So um, when that all happens, it's a, it's a supply and demand thing. So we will be able to sustain a lower cap rate because of the demand in the south no matter what the interest rates do or no matter what the economy does. My Interesting. Opinion. And what are you finding that's uh, popular for industries right now from buyers uh, or, or, or do you want to kind of 
industries or tenants? What, what do people want? Um, the, the, the top tenants uh, are one, uh, let me answer that, uh, your dollar stores, there are over 15,000 of those and they are adding those, they'll add another 800 to 1,000 dollar generals this year. Your other uh, popular tenants, your drugstores, your Walgreens, your CVSs, again because of an aging population, they're top growing tenants, uh, especially in the southeast. Um, Wendy's, your fast food, your QSRs, uh, Taco Bell, those kinds of uh, players, Popeyes, and so forth because of the economy and uh, because of growth here. Those seem to be a lot of the most popular uh, types of tenants. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Tim, what about from a lender's view, what, what tenants do lenders like? It's binary, Michael. They mm -hmm. like investment grade credit tenant number one. Mm -hmm. You can see that there, we have a cadre of uh, lenders that have little divisions and all they do is lend on single tenant net lease. Mm -hmm. And so they'll have like an approved list. Mm -hmm. And so always at the top of the list are all, all the investment grade a triple B minus or higher rated by S&P. Mm -hmm. You have that group and then you have <clears throat> maybe a secondary group like the uh, tractor supplies, some of the, mm -hmm. of the tenants that are uh, not necessarily rated but their financials are so strong. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the lenders like and then when it comes to the dollar stores it's interesting because of the supply if you look at the aerial of a dollar general and all you see is green <laughs> uh, and there's no, no population even though that's part of their business plan that gives these guys pause is what they'll do then they'll change their underwriting a little bit away from the bar I mean from the tenant which is typically our focus mm -hmm. a little bit more over to the borrower and their net worth liquidity schedule of real estate owned experience mm -hmm. wherewithal and how many of these loans that you do are sculptory? How many of these are personal guarantees by the borrowers and, and how many don't? You know, and it, that's a great question because we see a lot of partial recourse. So instead of having a 100% uh, non-recourse, no personal guarantee loan, a lot of this, we, our lenders are 25% recourse uh, in that world, the bank world of, that have the single tenant at least divisions. When I get into the life company world, they're non-recourse, but they're lower leverage. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we and what, also, what's an example? Fifty percent or sixty? Uh, sixty, sixty-five okay. uh, in there with the life insurance. Uh -huh. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then for a let's say a Walgreens or someone like that, seventy percent in the capital markets loan to value is standard. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the QSR market or in the franchisee market, 65 is standard. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, the typical loan is 10-year term, 10-year fixed, high 3, low 4% rate, um, or yeah. even lower. I just closed on a CVS last Thursday in Woodridge, New Jersey. <clears throat> Cash out refinance, 50% leverage, 10-year uh, fixed rate. 25-year amortization schedule, and the interest rate was 3.36. Nice. That's good. So um, that was through a, a large bank in that area. We work with a lot. How much term was left on the tenant's uh, lease term currently? Uh, I want to say, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, they still had 14 years left. So it was okay. down the fairway. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Well, excellent. So, so those are your sources, I guess, the life insurance companies and then the banks and any others? Yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of an interesting <clears throat> matrix out there. You, all, you also have, uh, don't forget about credit unions. Uh, and a lot of people like the credit, you know, a federal credit union has no prepayment penalty by law. So some people like that. Mm -hmm. The rates in term, the rates are a little bit higher in that world. <clears throat> uh, there's a, there's a, um, we still are seeing on the larger deals, Michael, we're mm -hmm. seeing commercial mortgage-backed securities, <clears throat> CMBS financing is still there. Mm -hmm. For people that want the non-recourse, 10-year fixed, 30-year AM, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I just recently closed on a, uh, a grocery asset uh, which had a 20-year, new 20-year lease. And so we did a 20-year fixed rate loan, 20-year amortization schedule, self-amortizing mm -hmm. uh, for a couple of investors out of uh, California, two brothers, uh, investing in a property in Chicago. Was that a zero cash flow deal? Or? No. The no. cash flow. Yeah. Excellent. So we got the, the, the loan to value was down about 60%. Mm -hmm. uh, so they had some cash flow, but they just wanted to put that thing to bed in a trust nice. and not worry about it. And again, that was a life insurance company mm -hmm. loan. Now, the credit union um, funding sources, is that full recourse? Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. They're not a non recourse. It, it, on certain occasions, at a very low leverage, they can go to the uh, NCUA and get a non-recourse loan, mm -hmm. but that's in very rare circumstances. Okay. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, I'm going to ask them about some mistakes that you really want to avoid when you're buying single tenant and that lease properties. They seem fairly straightforward, but the devil can really be in the details. And then we'll get some tips on how to increase returns buying single tenant and that lease. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, give me a call or visit bullrealty.com. Today we're talking about single tenant net lease investment properties. My guests are Nancy Miller. She's with the single, she's with the net lease investment group with Bull Realty, and Tim Kenny, the senior director with Marcus and Millichap and their lending division. And we're going to talk about some kind of fun facts in single tenant net lease. We're going to talk about some tips to increase returns, and then some mistakes you really want to avoid when, when investing in single-tenant net lease investment properties. And let's start with uh, tips to increase returns because I know some real estate investors like to think that they like to get returns between you know, 10 and 16% over the life of an investment property ownership, but single-tenant, I guess, is a lot safer type return, and, and, and you're not going to get the, the really big returns. But what are some tips to to increase, we mentioned one, I guess, is leverage, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also, um, if you can find some leases that have periodic rent increases, some uh, in the QSR, casual dining industry, have annual or every five-year increases, so that improves your le leverage over the term of the lease. 
Um, another way to uh, maximize your return is to consider a lease that has a shorter duration remaining. It may be a quality tenant, but maybe there are five or six years, not 10 or 15 years left. Your cap rate's going to be a better or higher cap rate by taking on, quote unquote, the risk of that, which is probably if it's been in place for a long time and if the real estate fundamentals are good, it's really not much of a risk. And thirdly, uh, a lot of investors are considering a franchise versus a corporate guarantee because the franchisee uh, has, quote unquote, a little bit higher risk. As a result, the cap rate will reflect to be a little bit higher as well. But if it's a large franchisee with good guarantee, good funding, good and so forth, uh, it shouldn't be that much of a concern. And those are all kind of some basic ways so that you could increase your leverage, uh, rather increase your returns and your yield over time versus a long-term flat lease with a very great uh, high-grade tenant. Yeah. It's another way to... And I like the idea of uh, the risk of a shorter lease term, mm -hmm. but that's the scary part, I guess, of single tenant lease investing is that you only have one tenant. If they leave, you got a vacant building. Mm -hmm. What are some ways, Nancy, that an investor could uh, could get an idea of, of how the tenant's doing and, and, and that they might renew or not? Uh, great question. Um, some tenants will report sales in their leases. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, a corporate tenant, a corporate guaranteed tenant, Today, we're seeing fewer and fewer of them uh, reporting sales in their leases. Um, the franchise tenant might have a tendency to do so. You just will have to uh, understand, visit the site, uh, be a, do a mystery shopping, uh, talk with store management, schmooze with them a little bit, uh, look at where their nearest competitors are, look how their parking lots are, do your own boots on the ground looking at things and also if you can determine what if that is a franchise what does that franchisee own uh, are they successful in their operations uh, uh, take a measure of their personnel are the people in the store look like they're happy there and so on and so forth check the store at different times of day of the day to see uh, what's uh, what's going on and, and just play dumb and say how do you all uh, uh, fair against the other stores of your type in the district, in your district. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, we're always one or two. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Those kinds of things. As, can you also uh, look at kind of the size of the store and see if that's uh, if that particular tenant is, is, is that's the size that they're doing now? I know in retail some tenants are downsizing. Um, you can look at the prototype and is it the current prototype of the store? Mm -hmm. um, one thing that we're seeing is that um, with more technology and more takeout, especially in the QSR side, we're seeing some of the, the national tenants looking to shrink their footprint. Mm -hmm. And they're looking to use technology. And they know that a lot of their customers now are uh, using Grubhub and other things. And they're doing less sit-down dining and they're doing more takeout dining. So it will alter the um, the prototype over time of what uh, that tenant brand might need for bricks and mortar. Uh, they'll still need the to service them, but it might not be as 
large of a dining area, for example. Okay, well, some good tips. And Tim, when it comes to financing, is there any way to kind of increase returns there? Well, it's interesting. We have uh, one large, I call more of a debt fund, that likes to fund the short leases. They like anything five years and under, which is very rare. They're very sophisticated. They like the credit investment grade tenant, and they'll match the term of the loan to the uh, lease term. Mm -hmm. So, and then give and give great rates mm -hmm. and terms. Mm -hmm. So, um, but they have to be in good locations. They have to, you know, go through some scrutiny as far as underwriting location number one, mm -hmm. and tenant of course. And then we have other lenders. I have one that comes to mind. They don't care how long the lease is because they're underwriting the borrower. Mm -hmm. So they're switching over. And as mm -hmm. long as you have, again, the net worth, liquidity, experience, mm -hmm. wherewithal, they'll lend past the lease term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, if I may add, um, the, um, we're seeing, I have a, a family dollar, for example, that has 11 plus years left on the lease term, and it went dark last April. Uh, as a result of Walmart uh, neighborhood store coming and just kind of hurting their business. Well, we put it on the market, and I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be a toughie. I have had more activity on this vacant family dollar than I have had on many, many of my listings because there's a buyer group out there who is opportunistic, and that buyer group says, I'll go in there, I'll figure it out, uh, meanwhile, I have a national guaranteed lease. They're paying me rent. When I figure it out, I'll go to them and I'll negotiate, do you want to be bought out of your lease? And they'll say, yeah, sure, of course. And when, when can we sign? And they will have backfill it with an appropriate tenant or two if they subdivide it. And it's a win-win for that type of uh, opportunistic investor who is knows how to go out and seek a new tenant. It's, it's a good play, and many, many people are doing it. Yeah, and Nancy explained that well, and, and most of you know uh, dark means that the tenant's still paying, but they're not open for business. And in, and in retail, that obviously makes you nervous, but uh, a good, mm -hmm. good way to increase mm -hmm. returns. Mm -hmm. um, now let's talk about mistakes to avoid. And, and Tim, mm -hmm. if you'll start us out, uh, sometimes I see uh, buyers buying um, kind of lower lower priced range commercial properties mm -hmm. and they'll tend to go to their their banker and and they go to their banker and the banker says you know gives them a quote or tells them they don't like the deal or and, and sometimes I find that 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 bank really at that particular time is really not doing loans on those particular mm -hmm. kinds of properties mm -hmm. and they don't want to lose the banking relationship so sometimes it doesn't seem like they're completely open with the borrower then the, the investor goes away because of what one lender told them you know, what are some mistakes to avoid when you're kind of sourcing loans? That happened to me yesterday. Mm -hmm. Funny you'd say that. Well, it's, um, we look at it where we have, my business is nationwide, for borrowers anywhere in the world, actually. So we have very professional deal teams. So first of all, the, the lenders are single-tenant net lease lenders. That's what they do for a living. That's all they do. And they... Uh, will lend anywhere in the country for a borrower anywhere, a property anywhere in the country for a borrower anywhere in the country. So we're not going to let you buy anything that's too risky because we're going to underwrite the daylights out of it, as Nancy well knows. Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, that's first of all, if you have experienced deal teams that know these tenants, I'm financing a, a Firestone right now. Uh, several of those have come to, to market. And uh, we, our lenders have already seen the, the financials uh, and have already underwritten these deals. So we can tell you what is a good tenant and what is what we consider a good location, what are good store sales, and do the forensics for the, for the investor. And I like that you're doing that and that, that this is your focus. It's your, your, your source of funds focus. It's not just somebody that's kind of doing everything. I like that a lot. Uh, Nancy... Uh, um, what are some other mistakes to avoid? I know sometimes the devil's in the details in these leases and things, right? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, could, I could spend all the time you have on this show with this one, um, but I think that the, uh, the purchaser has to be realistic. Um, if they get it, if they, in baseball analogy, if they can get a double instead of a home run, mm -hmm. that's great. And to get a double, they're going to protect themselves by making sure they or their attorney look at all the due diligence information. Make sure that they do third-party reports and don't do it on the cheap. If it's a phase one or if it's a survey, um, I had a case with a church's chicken uh, in the Midwest where um, the buyer was a, is a neurologist and a first-time investor. And I said, um, you don't have to do this, but I recommend that you get a phase one and it's gonna cost you X dollars. And he said, okay, if you think so. P.S., uh, the phase one showed some issues and we had to get a phase two. And in that case, we negotiated with the seller since they were surprised and didn't have a phase one to show us to begin with, they paid for the phase two. But there, you just have to, the devil is in the detail as you, as you said, and don't shortchange yourself, and, and there, it's not a quick, get-quick-rich type of thing. You, you want to buy something of quality. You think about, would I sell this to my father, or would I sell this to my mother, or my grandmother? You know, So you want to do that, be that cautious. Um, it's just good business sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think being safe and avoiding mistakes in any property type or sector, really one of the key points is to use a specialist mm -hmm. like if so if, if you're a, a show listener and you call me to to buy or sell a single tenant Natalie's property that's not what I focus on I'm gonna say call Nancy mm -hmm. because you know the ins and outs of it uh, you need financing call someone like Tim mm -hmm. and does it every second of every day I lead a team that sells office buildings if you want to buy or sell office buildings I'm your man right so mm -hmm. so so use a specialist well to end the show let's talk about uh, some trends and make trends and maybe some fun facts uh, on, uh, on single tenants. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you how many hamburgers does McDonald's serve <laughs> a, per second? Too many. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Sorry, Drum McDonald's. roll. 75 burgers are, are served per second around the world in 37,000 locations globally. Wow. Imagine that. Um, I'll give you one more. 58% uh, of all of Americans go to a fast food restaurant how often? Once a week. And they're all denying it. Yeah. And they're all denying it, and they only get the lettuce. They don't eat the french fries and the burgers. <laughs> they don't eat the buns. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, a quickie other one. Uh, what QSR type do women prefer the most? 
No. Starbucks. Oh. And how about the guys? What what do they prefer most? A bar. <laughs> McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. Yes. Okay. There you go. Okay. I can, I'll stop there. It's, you know, I've got more, but it's it's riveting there. Oh, that's excellent. Well, what would you guys have any final tip for for our audience related to single tenant net lease properties? Um, I think you said uh, I think you said the the right thing. Uh, do your homework. Rely upon experts, whoever mm -hmm. they are. Um, and uh, because the market, there is such high demand and limited supply right now, um, you have to be patient and uh, use resources. We find things that are off the market uh, that a, a normal buyer will not see, and we, we can bring them to them. And uh, also utilizing um, lenders who can get the deal done. Uh, Tim and I just did a, uh, we were trying to do a deal that uh, the 1031 buyer was trying to squeeze out the interest rate, um, and he wound up uh, going with another lender that we think won't be able to close the deal, won't go to the finish line, so he's going to be um, up with the short hairs on this. And he's a 1031 buyer, so he could have a big problem. He could have a big problem. We yeah. see that once yeah. a week, uh, someone um, in the branch at a bank sells the client they can do X, mm -hmm. which we know is not reasonable, but the client chooses maybe a regional or local bank that's not experienced in single tenant at lease mm -hmm. or doesn't know the gotchas. Mm -hmm. And then it takes uh, you know 30 days for you to get the third party reports back in and for them to go to investment committee or loan committee. Mm -hmm. And then the guy gets turned down because of either the rates incorrect or the terms are incorrect or someone on that loan committee is having a bad day <laughs> or they want a uh, compensating balance they want to mm -hmm. have deposits in the bank or whatever mm -hmm. there's yeah. always some story mm -hmm. and they come back to me and say hey can you bail Save me out me. Yeah. and mm -hmm. now we're in, you know in the when you're in a it's interesting because over half of that business is 1031 exchange yeah. mm -hmm. it's very very yeah. vibrant and, and then you might have a seller who says hey i gave you your time you didn't do it i'm moving on to the next buyer and you're out of luck nancy tim great information thanks for joining us on the show today thank you thanks for having us and thank you for joining us around the country please connect with us on your favorite social media we appreciate you contacting us we appreciate you sharing the show until next week be sure that you always lead learn and laugh and join us for america's commercial real estate show America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.